Welcome back to The Fit Chap, a podcast devoted to the fitness and well-being of prospective chaplains coming into the United States Army. My name is Chaplain Jason Phipps, and it is great to have you back. We are really in the middle of a heat wave right now. And uh, again, I, I always think about the students who are coming here in the summertime because there is an adjustment period that has to take place in, in your body. And we're at this place that if you were coming to Chibolic and you you're about to take the ACFT, for example, you need to be ready for that. And so coming from more of an arid climate, it is it takes some time to adjust to the humidity here. It's really the humidity that gets people more than than anything else. We had a four-mile road march on Monday, and it was actually a release road march. We didn't do a formation road march, so that basically means that we gave students an opportunity to pace themselves versus us pacing them. And we had some who ran or walked in most of the course, and then we had others who were kind of struggling. We had a few students who needed to be ice sheeted and immersed in the arm immersion tanks in order to cool down. And that was at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. So just as you are preparing to come out here, if you're coming out here in the summer months as best as possible, uh, prepare yourself for that. Make that adjustment mentally for the, the climate change because you may be used to a dry heat and there is nothing like South Carolina heat and humidity. It is, it is like nowhere else in the country, I feel like at times. So anyway, we have a special guest joining us this month. His name is Chaplain Lieutenant Colonel Chris Bryan. He is our National Guard Chaplain LNO, our liaison to the schoolhouse. And uh, very excited to have him here. I've had the wonderful privilege of developing a friendship with him over the last several months. And uh, sir, it's it's good to have you here with us today. John Fitz, it's, it's my honor to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. Good. Well, I, I have admired the fact that you have been very pastorally invested in all of our students, not just the National Guard students that we have. And we have a good number of National Guard students who come to Chibolic every class, but that you've really poured yourself into all of the students when those opportunities present themselves. So thank you so much for doing that. Before we kind of get into our topic for today, we'd just love for you to share with our audience a little bit of your background and how you ended up down here at the schoolhouse. Well, thanks. I have been serving as a National Guard chaplain candidate starting in 2007 and then a chaplain from that point on to 2010 on, and uh, always served as a traditional Guard chaplain. My home state is Missouri, so I was in the Missouri National Guard, deployed a couple times to the Middle East, served as a unit chaplain at various different levels, and then found myself up at the state headquarters helping out the state chaplain as his deputy. And when the COVID pandemic hit, had the opportunity to come on full-time orders to support the response in Missouri. One thing led to another, and I ended up with a full-time opportunity supporting the same response at the national level at National Guard Bureau in Washington, D.C., as that came to an end, there was a need for our liaison here at Fort Jackson. And so uh, I'm down here on ADOS orders. I, I like to say it's all the fun of PCS moves without any of the promise of a job to follow. <laughs> it's been good for my prayer life. Good. Wow, that's 
and I know you've shared a little bit of that trust in the Lord that you've had to rely upon, if you will, mm-hmm. since you have been assigned here. And I've appreciated you sharing that story with me and just encouraging me with how God has put you in a position to really rely upon him in faith for the future of your time here. You know that we have uh, largely focused on Field Manual 7-22, and for the last several episodes, we have talked about the significance of maintaining a good physical, emotional, mental balance as you prepare to come to Chibolic and endure the rigors of this course. And of course, a lot of those center around the, the different domains of readiness that the field manual talks about. But the one domain that we really haven't touched upon, but is also mentioned briefly in that field manual is that of spirituality. And there is some discussion about what spirituality is in the field manual and what religion looks like, how we as chaplains are here to facilitate both religion and spirituality within the lives of individual soldiers. But sir, I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit more, maybe expand upon what we see in the field manual, where students should be with regards to their own spirituality as they prepare not only to come to Chibolic, but really to do ministry within the context of the Army. I think that we're helped a little bit by Army and Defense Department policy because at least as chaplains and as chaplain candidates who are planning to be chaplains, we're expected to faithfully represent our religious organizations that endorse us. And so we can have a more explicitly religious conversation about what our spirituality looks like than we might have if we were speaking generally about soldiers. And like physical fitness, which uh, has both intrinsic and extrinsic responsibilities. You know, there's the responsibilities I have to be self-disciplined and, and to eat well and to sleep well and to not eat the wrong things and not consume substances that are going to hurt my body and to make sure I get enough exercise and plan well. There's also some truth to uh, the environment that I'm in. I think that's true with, especially with emotional fitness, right? And it's true with spiritual fitness. Spiritual fitness is unique, and I'll speak here as a, I'm a Christian chaplain. A lot of chaplains uh, of, of Christian denominations, but also of other religions, view this as, uh, as something that, that I both participate in and that is also being done on a spiritual plane and in this transcendent way that I don't have control over. So when we talk about spiritual fitness among students and trying to maintain that, I think we're really speaking about the part that we participate in, the part of my sanctification, I'd say, that that, that is my responsibility. Sure. So, sir, when you think back to your days as a student here, and, I, and I've said this multiple times in the podcast, that we're training people to be physically ready for the rigors of uh, and the realities of of potentially going into combat, we we prepare them doctrinally. All the other doctrine and regulations that support us as chaplains in in the corps, but we don't necessarily train them on how to maintain a healthy spiritual life while they're here and then going into their career. So we just have the expectation that, okay, you may not be able to preach or speak publicly, and we're going to help you with that. But we all just assume as cadre that you have a spiritual life, that that is the drive behind 
you being here in the first place. And so we don't necessarily cultivate that at all. We just assume that you are maintaining some sort of spiritual life. So when you were here, what was it like? Did you see a shift in your own spiritual life as you now had to adapt to getting up early and exercising all the time and having uh, short amounts of time to write papers and turn in assignments and the stress of having to deal with platoon sergeants and drill sergeants yelling at you. How did you, how did you maintain that, that uh, good spiritual balance in your life? Yeah, I think that that is a really good question. And part of it comes down to the framework through which you see the world. I see the world through God superintending all the details. He's sovereign over everything, right? And so I'm going to see the events in my day, uh, even the ones that may be unpleasant, like laying out grass field at 4.30 in the morning in the dark, doing grass drills and PT as part of what he has planned for me, his providence. If I saw my day differently, uh, or I saw the world differently as a, as a result of just choices I make, and then the response, my circumstance to those choices, I might be viewing those events more negatively than otherwise. So I think really grasping for each individual, how it is you see the world. I mean, you've got to start there. I mean, because nobody can tell you that. And of course, because we're in a governmental organization, we can't dictate that to you. But the other part of that that makes this hard is we can also in no way reward you for maintaining your spiritual fitness. This is an intrinsic good that needs to be done. We all recognize it's very important. We know when people are doing it because we can see the effect in their lives, how it affects those around them and how appealing that is and how it brings hope and nurture and peace into the environment. And we can also see when people really aren't living out what they profess to believe. But the sad truth is that because we work in the system where we're both representatives for our religion and also we have this government job as army officers, we can be tempted to feed the government job and go after that. And that's where the rewards are. That's where the pay is. That's where the advancement is. And nobody's really going to comment on whether I'm praying enough or reading the scriptures or enough or spending enough time in fellowship with those who share my faith. And over time, what this results in, kind of a hollowed out chaplain who is all about the career and is motivated by things that serve that career and has made that career their God. And something else that I have observed, because I think we all at certain points deal with that temptation. Not only are we like confronted by it, but we actually, in some cases, cave to that temptation to live a more career-centric life as opposed to one that is centered around our faith, around uh, our relationship with God. And what I've observed for myself, and I think this is true for other chaplains, but I know this is this has certainly happened in my own life where I've thought to myself, okay, once I get to that next assignment, that's when I'm going to start like excelling in my relationship with God again, because I'm going to have great opportunities to do ministry and counsel soldiers, and there will be believers there, and I can talk about my faith. And I know I'm not going to be able to do that with everybody, but I know that there will be more people with which I can display, if you will, my true self, my true identity in Christ. I certainly felt that way when I went to Arlington because I thought to myself, you know, every time I do a funeral, I'm going to do like the Lord's Prayer. It's just part of the liturgy of the Anglican Church, and it's very much rooted in Scripture. And so I'm going to grow in my faith that way. And that, I realized, was not the right answer. And it shouldn't be the right answer. It certainly enhances my fellowship with God, but it shouldn't be the crux of my 
spiritual identity is what I'm doing in service for others. That comes out of an overflow of my time with God. And I think as students come here, the sooner they realize that, the better off they will be and the more longevity they will have in ministry. You're so right. We all tend to do that, though. We tend to think, you know, life starts later. It's kind of a cicada mindset, right? Cicadas, they stay buried in, in the ground for years and years and years, and then they finally emerge only to sprout wings, live for a few weeks, and then die. And all that time down there, it's like they're waiting for life to begin. We don't want to be like the cicada uh, that's just waiting for life to begin. We're humans. Uh, our life goes on right now. It goes on while we're students at Chibolic. It goes on in the frustrating moments and the great moments. And there aren't any of those moments that we should be trying to walk through without our God. And yet, that's easy to say, but it's hard to do, right? It's hard when you don't feel like it, or you're angry, or you're frustrated, or you're tired, or you just don't have the discipline built if you're not used to praying, if you're not used to reading the scriptures. And really, it's sometimes in the midst of a seminary education or the equivalent, you can have so much reading forced down your throat uh, because you've got so many assignments to do that can feel pretty dry, even though you're reading things that you believe are very important. Yeah. And so here you come to Chibolic, especially in the heat of the summer, and it feels like a break, but what you don't want to do is take a break from God because you and I can both attest to the fact that not only is the temptation real for us, but we've known folks who started out really strong as chaplains and then kind of veered off into that career mindset. And it's hard to say on the inside, right? We can't judge the heart of another person, but it's hard to say where did they lose that initial fire and enthusiasm? Yeah. Well, and, and along those lines, sir, I want to touch upon convictions because one of the things that I have observed here as an instructor and even as a course manager to some degree is that students very quickly, and I'm not sure what the cause is for this, but very quickly abandon their convictions. I don't know if it's from fear or from just a hollow faith to begin with, but they abandon their individual convictions regardless of their denominational background in light of what they assume or expect that the government will approve or disapprove within their own spiritual lives. In the moments where we are tempted to give up or give in, to take a step back and say, why? Why did I feel like I needed to compromise there? Why? What did I really want? And I think the answer a lot of the time is we want to be liked. Yeah. We want to be approved by others. We want to get along. Even the Christian chaplains and chaplain candidates, by the numbers of the majority you know, of, of the students, come from so many different groups. And even those from the same denomination can have different ways of looking at things. Yeah. And uh, I think we don't really want to reward people who are just go, going looking for a fight, but we also need to be bold enough to stand for what we believe. And it's possible that in the environments we've been living in, all this is is a, is a signal. It's a warning to us, just like if you had a sore leg when you're running, hey, I need to work on that leg. You know, I need to stretch that out more. There's, there's a weak spot. Uh, hey, I need to work on my faith here and understand what I believe so that when I'm not in an all-chaplain environment that's inherently religious, and I'm with my commander, and I have to stand up for what's right, I'll have the boldness to do so. I absolutely agree, sir. On a, a practical note, just as we're having this discussion, one of the things that I'm thinking about that I don't remember doing, and maybe, the, maybe you did this, sir, or maybe you observed this with some of your peers, is students coming here for Chibolic, but then they also come here and they're taking 
two or three seminary classes at the same time. And I think to myself, if there's one way to really overwhelm oneself with the requirements that we have, but also the requirements of their seminary, it's it's to do something like that. But it, in, in many cases, it's kind of done, at, again, at the expense of, of that intimacy with the Lord, because there's just so many competing things in their hearts and their minds that are not giving them any free time to just pause and rest and have that communion with the Lord that they absolutely need. Even here in a controlled environment where they're getting good sleep, they're staying in a hotel room, there's just there's so many things that they're pouring into their lives that it deprives them of that opportunity to engage with God in a different way. So I don't know if you saw that or not. I don't remember anyone who was trying to take classes while they were going to Chibolic. Doesn't mean it wasn't happening among some of our classmates, but I sure do remember people who had family situations that required more of their time and attention, and that took away from the experience they were having here or or required a lot of time. And there's not a lot of extra time in the margins. Uh, I know that you and the cadre do a great job of of filling that time, (laughs) as you you should, to really honor the time that people are, uh, many of your students, the majority right now, are from. Garden Reserve, and they're leaving their lives. So I think that we tend sometimes to think in really polar terms between things that are spiritual activities and things that aren't. If you don't mind me turning the conversation a little bit that way, I think we'll hear as chaplains, uh, maybe not in Chibolic, but maybe there as well, the importance of being a a good staff officer and also a good pastoral care. And and it's often termed, phrased that way. On the one side, I can be very pastoral, but I also want to be a good staff officer, as though those two things are two different things. And I think that kind of polar thinking is uh, we import that from our lives, kind of perfectionistic thinking, you know, all or none thinking, hey, I'll, life will start once I get to this new assignment, or once I get past Chivolic, I can start these new habits, or people make New Year's resolutions, right? Once the new year starts, well, why can't you start right now? I think instead of thinking in that way, this all or none, on or off kind of thinking, it's maybe more helpful to think of like a pebble. You drop it in a pond, all the ripples emanate out from that event. We hope the event in the life of chaplains and chaplain candidates is their core identity, right? And within that is this subset of living out vocational ministry as a chaplain. So this expanding ripple. And so when I do my staff officer duties, I'm specially called to live out my vocation in gospel ministry and particularly called to do that as an army chaplain. That way, when I'm preparing slides and I'm preparing briefings, they're not non-spiritual tasks. And it helps me have the motivation to realize why I need to put the time in uh, to spending time with God and to just having time to rest. So I'm also the Christian faith. I'm an Anglican priest. And one of the things that uh, I remember hearing as I was going through my ordination into the diaconate and into the priesthood is that it was always good to go back and read those holy orders of when you became a deacon. Because once you become a priest, you're still a deacon. And same thing when you become a bishop, for example, you're still a priest and you're still a deacon. And I always heard from good people to go back and just revisit that ordination, revisit the meaning of that original call that God put in your life to become a deacon and then to become a priest and so on and so forth. And I would give that charge to our audience as well is you may be at that place where you're receiving that initial call and it is a significant call in your life. Hopefully it is one that will continue to have meaning and purpose and you'll build upon that as you progress in your career regardless of how 
long or short your time is in the chaplain corps. But I would encourage you to always come back to that original call that God put in your life to enter into chaplaincy because it is vocational ministry. And it's not something that we enter into lightly. It's not work. It may seem like work on certain days where you may not give it the credit it's due because you're exhausted and it's repetitive and there are things that you don't like about it. But nevertheless, God brought you to this place. So I would certainly encourage you to revisit that call, especially years from now when you're doing great things and and you're going in a different direction. Maybe you're working at more of a strategic level of ministry. And it's good to hearken back to those times when you were that battalion chaplain operating at the tactical level, or maybe just when you first came into the chaplain corps and you were a bright-eyed chaplain candidate and just didn't know what the heck was going on. Because I think that lends perspective and it brings you potentially to this place of humility in what you're doing, because it's really... I look at it as the Lord reminding me of His authority in my life from the very beginning up to the present and certainly beyond. So, Greatest of all is the servant of all. Jesus said that first, and then later, years later, the army said selfless service is a value. Yes. Uh, but it, it's a deeper issue. Human beings, especially in our American culture, are not always willing to give each other a listening ear and really hear each other out. It seems like any day you can read the news and see so many examples of no grace for each other, no forgiveness. That starts with how we see ourselves. We can't forsake what God is revealing to us because the truth of the matter is the chaplain corps will reveal to you your weaknesses. You will have struggles that you as an individual have to deal with in the midst of helping other soldiers deal with their trials and struggles. And so ideally, you don't want to be in this place where you haven't found out how to engage with God with your own struggles and then try and do ministry with others. I know I'm kind of struggling to myself to articulate this well, but I've seen, and I'm sure you have as well, sir, seen chaplains who have try to do ministry in a deficit, in the negative, because they have their own problems that maybe nobody knows about. The effects of those problems are very evident, even if others around them don't know what those actual problems are. And now here they're trying to do ministry. And it's just, oh, it's so, I, I just can't imagine the type of pain that ensues when you try and do that ministry out of a negative flow of, of uh power and strength because you're trusting in your own strength. Well, there's the brokenness that acknowledges <clears throat> that my strength comes from God. And then there's the brokenness I am not self-aware of, or I don't want to admit to myself. Yes. And I have to go in my own strength because nothing else is on offer. Very true. And we've got stories about chaplains who have paid the price for that deficit and for those struggles and that brokenness. And sadly, it's tarnished their witness in many ways and their reputation with their commanders and, and with soldiers. And we certainly, as chaplains in the Corps, fellow chaplains in the Corps with those individuals, don't want to see them deal with that. We'd much rather have them work that out. So, sir, just while I've got you here, because you are our liaison for the Guard, any kind of closing thoughts? either to the guard or the reserve, but certainly to the guard. Anything that you want to share with them as they come here on active duty from guard status? 
I know that students coming from the Guard are coming from a wide array of situations, job situations of various kinds. Some are in full-time vocational ministry. Some are working other full-time jobs. Some are students, the chaplain candidates, and also have jobs trying to make it all work at the same time. And that when you come here, if you're new to the Army, one of the things you'll encounter is just this the bureaucracy that we all experience here and the somewhat formal and rigid way that we go about things in the Army. Sometimes we come to know and love, but if that's new to you, you may ask yourself, what have I done and what have I gotten myself <laughs> into and uh, was this worth these weeks away from my family to do this? Trust your calling. Trust the indications you had for pursuing this in the first place. Ask yourself every day, what are you trying to teach me, God? Ask God to open your eyes and your ears to the opportunities around you. Don't wait for some future event to get really serious about it. Use this as a great opportunity. There are all kinds of times in the midst of Chibolic where you're not sitting in class having to think about what the instructor's saying, but you're simply hiking down a road or you're in a group run and your mind is free to think and to pray and to meditate on this experience how God may use you. Outstanding. Appreciate having you on, sir. This has been a treat. And if this thing keeps going, maybe we'll bring you back, sir. But as always, thank you for joining us. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and, and feel free to leave us some feedback. Otherwise, have a great week. Stay cool. And we will talk to you again. See you.